Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings, as always, joined here by Ben Bergeron every week here on the show. We dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly matters. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. How the heck are you, Ben? I'm doing great. Thanks, Patrick. I like our I like our new intro. Thank you. So do I. Um, I, I like that it's it real every single time. It's yeah. you saying it. It's it not every just time. like yep. yeah, some other prefabricated. Um, it's authentic. It's, it's real. real. Um, I'm excited to be here. You and I have not seen each other for a while. We, uh, I got sick. I got the COVID, and then we all ate too much turkey. And then you, you've been sick lately. So uh, I'm happy to be in the same room with you again, in what uh, feels like a while. So excited to get back at it. Um, we are going to dive into our warm up. Our warm up is when, uh, or is how we start each episode. Uh, we do so with your questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect our performance, vitality, and longevity. And those five factors are, in case you are new here, how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect with each other, and how we recover. Are you ready? Let's rock and roll. First question is in the move bucket. What should I do when my body is struggling with both CrossFit workouts and standard cardio workouts, namely uh, namely running? I want to continue in my fitness journey, but I keep struggling with intense programming and ongoing injury limitations. So the answer to this is probably different than what the, the listener is expecting. Um, it's not to modify. It's not to change up the movements. And the the key for me in this, in, in the question is when he says, I struggle with um, essentially the intensity. Yeah. Well, if you were to change out the, the modality, but keep the intensity, the answer is so incredibly obvious. So mm-hmm. imagine the question was instead, I'm learning to play guitar and other musical instruments, yet I'm struggling with the intensity of the training practices. I get injured from them. Yep. What should I do instead? Well, the answer is don't learn to knit or sew. It's not to change up completely. And it's not to not learn the musical instruments. It's just don't do it as intensely. Mm-hmm. That's the intensity of what we do with our training program is the magic. It is the secret sauce, but it's not the totality of the secret sauce. The secret sauce is doing it consistently. So that's the number one thing is, are you showing up to do this at least three times a week? If you're not doing it three times a week, I can't guarantee your results. Mm-hmm. If you show up three times a week, we're pretty confident that you're going to get there. Now, if you're not, if you're doing this so vigorously with so much intensity that you come back for three or four days, then we're missing the number one thing of the prescription, which is consistency. Mm-hmm. Then from there and only then do we add in intensity. And I would not add intensity until you can show up five or six times a week. So mm-hmm. the number one prescription for the for the protocol is not the intensity and it's not running like he mentioned. Those are the two things he mentioned. CrossFit movements, running, and intensity. It is do functional movements. Squat to a box. Take a PVC, push it above your head. You will see greater gains doing that every single day than you will from doing clean and jerks and 400 meter runs for time. 
once you are then up to doing this at a incredibly low level of intensity, and I mean that really, like do this for six minutes a day. Mm. One minute, do 10 squats. The other minute, do five push-ups and five push-up, five pull-ups for six minutes. Yep. That's 30 squats total. That's 15 push-ups and 15 sets. If you can do that and come back tomorrow, okay, then let's do another form of that. If you can work your way up to doing that for five or six days in a row, then we'll start to talk about lifting heavier weights, going faster, moving more dynamically, bigger ranges of motion, and so on. Mm-hmm. But until that point happens there, there's no point in talking about the intensities. Mm-hmm. We need to back off from that. And it's really obvious once you talk about it with other modalities. Yep. You know, I'm learning to lay brick. I'm trying to become a bricklayer, but I'm working so fast, so hard that I, I I keep on spilling the bricks on top of me and, you know, and and causing massive contusions on my leg. What should I do? It, well, it's, yeah. Slow down. <laughs> it's just slow down. But it's weird because that's part of the prescription is it's, it, people think it's bricklaying for time. It's mm-hmm. bricklaying with intensity. It is, but there is a hierarchy to it. So just slow down. Okay, our next question then is from the Think Bucket. What sorts of attitudes do we need to better flip the script or what should we be focusing on in order to flip the script? Recently, I've been trying to have a better attitude about not being an, not being offered my dream job after an interview. How do we overcome obstacles like that and the doubt that comes uh, creeping in with uh, rejection? So I love the, you know, flip the script. Flip the script, yeah. Yo, let's flip the script. <laughs> um. Okay, so I would say this there's there's two components to this. The first one is recognize that the doubt and the insecurity, the fear, the anxiety, the regrets, the all those feelings you've gotten from um, having that negative experience are normal. Mm-hmm. That's a part that's a part of it. And recognize that that's a normal part of being a human being. That's just the deal. You're going to have those feelings. Now, what we can do, what we talk about all the time with this, is not assign extra meaning to those things and not go, see, I didn't get the job. See, I'm a loser and I suck and I'm never going to do... That's just, that's the victim or pessimist mindset. There's no reason to hang out in that area. So we just try to grow and reframe it and go, okay, this isn't the only job. Like, I get it. Like, I wanted to be um, an ESPN sports center caster. I didn't get that. Well... It doesn't mean you're not going to be that in a year or two. It might be an opportunity for you to grow and evolve your skills more. It might be an opportunity for you to go and do something else. So that's the optimist mindset is this might be an opportunity. The realist just goes like, yeah, like, and this is the second part of this. The realist goes, not everything is going to line up Mm. the way you want it to. And this is a big thing for us to recognize is... We have this imagined future where all 7.8 billion people on planet Earth talk to us exactly like we want them to. And everything that we go to pursue, we excel at. And every day it's sunshine and rainbows and unicorns in the backyard and brick paved roads. And anytime reality deviates from that imagined future, Anxiety, stress, regret, doubt, fear, all of the things crash down upon us. We need to recognize that there is this perceived expectations of our future Mm -hmm. that will not match up with reality. 
reality, the world, the universe has been here for 13.8 billion years. There's been a trillions and trillions of different chemical reactions that have caused certain things to happen. For you to say, I didn't get my job, my dream job, that's not fair, is to say that the way that the world is unfolding is not in line with the way you want it to. So the way you want it to is the right way. And it's just, it's not the way that this whole thing's set up. There's going to be things that bump up against the way that we want our perceived realities to be, but that's just imagination. Mm -hmm. We have to recognize what that is. And it's nothing more than um, well, it's a lack of accepting reality. Yep. And what we need to be able to do more than anything else is have that radical acceptance of reality. Yeah. What's interesting is is the um, he or she used the, the idea of flipping the script. Well, what is a script? Mm. Or what's a version? Like, what do Perfect. we think of when we right. think of a It's a story that is unfolding. Okay. Maybe it's not the story you wanted, but it or, or it's not the script you wanted, but right. Um, but it's interesting to me to think about it like like that. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, and I don't. That's a great point. I don't think there's a it, it, there's nothing to flip, yep. right? It's not. Nope. Now it's this. That's the equivalent of, you know, Russell Wilson, quarterback for the Seahawks, now the Denver Broncos. Um, when he was with the Seahawks in one of the NFC Championship games against the Green Bay um, Packers, I believe. In the first half, he had zero completions and three interceptions. Mm. He completed three times as many passes to the opposite (laughs) team than he did to his own team. A quarterback rating of 0.0. Now, for him to go like, what's what's the normal thing that most of us would do? Now, he's trained in this um, you know, his, um, his coach calls it, uh, uh, neutral thinking. Mm. So instead of, um, positive, negative, and then the realist, he just calls it neutral thinking. There is forget about the good or bad. It's just, it is what it is at this point. So now what are you going to do? Because actually the past has very little impact on what's happening right now. Just like the future has very little impact on what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. The best thing we can do right now is face reality with all of our best and let it, our best ooze out of us. Well, being trained and practiced in this and not just listening to it. He's put it into his daily exercises, practices, making it a part of who he is. When this happens in real life, in real time, he can navigate this. And people call it flipping the script. Okay. But he went on to have an incredible second half and they went on to win the game coming back from three scores down in the last minutes to tie the game and then eventually win the game in overtime. But the success at the end doesn't isn't the punchline. Like you don't need the success at the end. The idea is he was able to navigate that moment without laying extra meaning on top of it. Love that. Next question from the eat uh, category. I have an almost 13-year-old daughter. She plays competitive volleyball and uh, has been doing CrossFit for just over a year. Her goal is to com- is to compete in CrossFit. I'm curious what you'd recommend for nutrition. I count macros. She, um, I count macros, so she has expressed interest in that, but I believe she's too young. I want her to have a healthy relationship with food. Yeah, I would um, – it's a great question. I, I love the sensitivity to the age and the healthy relationship with food, um, but also the, the, the wanting of her to be able to succeed and all the rest. 
I would, um, for a kid that age, start off with, let's try to get you to eat as much real. So macros is the quantity game. Um, it's eating within certain parameters. So I'm going to come back to that one a second. There's a second side, which is the quality game. So the first place I would play with her is how much quality nutrition can we get into you and play the game of like, you're an athlete, you're a machine, you need to fuel the machine. And yes, we got to make sure we're putting enough in the gas tank and not too much in the gas tank, the quantity side, but we got to make sure we're putting in as much nutrient dense food. So your muscles can do the muscles. You can, um, your, um, all of the, the systems in the body can run as efficiently as possible. So let's really lean into the quality side of food. So are we getting fruits and vegetables and not the packaged snack foods and you know Cheez-Its and goldfish or whatever it is? So that'd be the first place and I would really triple down on that. But then as somebody that's interested in, she's expressed interest in macros, she's obviously a, um, into it. I would, I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't wholesale say no. I would have to know the individual a little bit better. But where I would start with it is not here are your macros, Mm -hmm. which you're supposed to try to stay within a few grams of those, which could lead to an unhealthy relationship. I get that. Is instead go higher level conceptually and go, we need to make sure we're getting in at least this much. Mm -hmm. So we need to get in at least 100 grams of protein a day. We're going to have three meals a day. Let's make sure we're getting at least 30 grams of protein a day. What that means is a full serving size of protein, size of your fist, size of your palm, that type of thing. And that's the way we, we're not putting out things on scales. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. But if you have a protein shake, if you have a piece of chicken, if you have a burger, if you have a, a big filet of fish, you're having about 30 grams. So we need to get at least three of those things in a day. Cool. From there, let's make sure we're getting carbohydrates. If we're eating clean, we get to make sure we're eating a lot of carbs. So maybe we want to go with a little bit of extra rice in meals, or we want to go with a little bit of extra oatmeal, or we're going to have a make sure we're going to get our banana at breakfast. And we kind of like talk about it in, in concept, mm-hmm. not in specifics. So it's more theory than it is letter. Yeah. And the, the thing that I think about um, is like actually just teaching them what what a meal looks like, which sounds Mm -hmm. kind of absurd until you actually learn what a meal looks like, by which I mean like a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of vegetables, maybe two vegetables, et cetera. Like I just, it's, it's strange, but we're never actually taught what a meal looks like. We go, we skip from ignoring food as nutrition and just like, just give me food to too often a number. Yeah. (laughs) And there's like, there is a place in the middle where it's just like, oh, that's what a, that's what dinner should look like. Yeah, I think that's a really cool way to kind of bridge the gap between those two things. And what does a meal look like is the quality and the quantity. And it's like, yes, you want to make sure you're having your double side of veggies. You want to make sure you're having your clean protein. You want to make sure you're having a good, clean fat source. And like, cool, that's what it looks like. What's breakfast look like? Maybe breakfast could be a little more carbohydrates because it's going to fuel your day. And we get a little more oatmeal and banana. And if you want to put a little bit of honey on that thing, like let's rock and roll, but mm-hmm. make sure we're getting enough protein in throughout the- it's, that is not a wrong, everyone should know conceptually what that is. And even at 13, that's not too young to have that conversation. Yeah. Love that. Next one is from the recover bucket. Do you guys use the, uh, the whoop strap? If so, uh, how closely do you take recommendations for strain for the day? I find my training calls for more than my recovery allows, but I still need to train. Um, I don't currently use a whoop. Um, most of my friends do. My wife does. Um, and I have in the past for very prolonged periods of time. 
Um, I think Whoop is phenomenal for sleep. I think it's in, I think it's I think it's really really good for sleep. Um, might be biased because I haven't used a lot of other wearable devices, but um, think that that's incredibly uh, accurate and informative. I don't think their strain is um, very accurate or informative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, variability in terms of the the heart rate and calorie expenditure in general in wearables, not just Whoop and wearables yeah, in general. In general. Yeah. And then uh, secondarily, um, it seems like Whoop gives a lot of credit strain-wise for prolonged periods of elevated heart rate mm-hmm. and um, not a lot of um, credit. I don't know what other words to use. Um, weight. Yeah, weight to it. Um, doesn't take into account as much muscular strain mm-hmm. or short high-powered um, outputs, meaning if you do uh, um, six all-out 30-second sprints on the assault bike with uh, two minutes rest in between, your whoop strap's not going to register that as much of an activity. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go gardening for three or four hours, that's going to look like a massive endeavor. Mm. And anyone that's been on a salt bike for max effort intervals knows that you- It's not gardening. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a, um, it's a, it can be a massive, um, or even better said is like, because salt bike might be lower on the CNS scale than think about doing um, uh, three or four max effort sets of thrusters mm-hmm. with 95 pounds. Mm-hmm. So take 95 pounds and do as many as you can till you can't do them anymore. Yep. That would be physically like, annihilating yet i don't think that the whoop strap um takes that into account as much so because of that listener i would not use it i would use it as a data point but not as a uh decision point like a red like a stoplight like yeah it's it's not red or green it's um it's more like a yellow or an orange it's like a, a heads up type thing got it Got it. Cool. Uh, last question. Last listener question is in our connect uh, bucket. I'm currently going to college in my hometown and still live with my parents. I often have a few friends that come over in the evenings a few times a week, and sometimes we go outside to play music and whatnot. In the past two weeks, my neighbor has called the cops three times. The music isn't very loud. My parents don't even complain about it. Each time the cops agree that they could barely hear anything. How should I approach my neighbor to figure out a solution? Um, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I would water balloons. That's what I say. What? Water balloons. Water balloons, eggs, toilet <laughs> paper. There's a lot of different choices. <laughs> Shaving cream on the car. I don't know. Um, I would, uh, more of my empathy goes to the neighbor mm. than the, than the listener. Yeah. I would be curious if the neighbor is calling the cops on nights that you don't play music. Mm-hmm. And I get it. You say it's not loud. Your awesome, cool parents say it's not loud. And the cops come are used to coming in and busting up bad scenes. They come and see four or five college kids just hanging in the backyard having a good conversation. Right. They're going like, what are <laughs> we doing yeah. here? <laughs> it's an easy night for them. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but if your neighbors aren't calling the cops on the nights that you're not playing music, it means that they can hear the music. Yeah. And it means that they're disturbing. You're disturbing them. And... It's one of those things like we need to see outside of ourselves. That's the principle I would see here is maybe there's something going on in their lives that we don't know about. We will never understand. We should not, we don't have the right to understand, 
but they get disturbed from the loud music. For an example, um, maybe one of them is low level on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and has autism of some sort. And any sort of auditory stimuli sets them off, particularly at night when they need to be quiet. I don't know. That's probably not the case, right? But it's one of those things that we... Until you ask the question, then you don't. Yeah, and we we shouldn't ask the question. If they're if they're not if they're calling the cops when you don't play the music, they're they're uh, they're bad neighbors. <laughs> they're out to get you. Yep. But if they're only calling the cops on the neighbors, uh, if they're only calling the cops on you when you can hear the music, when they can hear the music, you're playing the music. The music loud enough to disturb them. It's not up to us to determine what what level of disturbance is appropriate or not. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, be the good neighbor and make the change. Mm-hmm. Love that. I didn't expect that, but I love it. All right. What uh, were you expecting? Uh, I was expecting- uh, A way to navigate the conversation. Yeah. The conflict- uh, Conflict resolution. Conflict resolution, yeah. which I think is not not what you're saying, but you're saying take a step back. And, yeah. um, and actually, I think tactful conflict resolution would probably get this person to the point of understanding- Oh, maybe this is louder than I thought, or maybe there's something going on here. Maybe they work the night shift and they're just trying to fall asleep at the moment I turn the music on, like whatever yeah. it might be, until the conversation happens, until the conversation happens in a way that they are open, that this individual is open to actually understanding what's going on, then they they won't know. Yeah. So anyways. Okay. We're going to jump into our workout. Uh, our workout is just, uh, we do a little deep dive. Um, and increasingly, one of the things we used to joke about when these, we used to do two minute drill questions, which are just full episodes of questions. And part of the fun for me was to find questions that were just not conducive to two minutes <laughs> and be like, okay, Ben, answer this question in two minutes. But now we have the opportunity with our new format um, to take some of those questions that are still really good questions and actually talk about them for more than two minutes. And so that's what we've got here. We've got a listener question. Uh, if chasing excellence means not wasting time doing things that don't move you closer to your goals, what can I do with that period in the evening that I've always spent watching TV, especially when I have very low, uh, little energy or focus by that time? I agree with the principle, but struggle in practice. Breaking it down just a bit. Um, they want to improve their habits of moving, um, ensuring that what they do moves them to, towards their goals. Love that. They get to the end of the night and they don't have a lot of energy to do that. So they default to the easy, low brainwave thing of just like, let's zone out and watch some TV. The first place I would start is, and this is, would be, I'll give a, a more, a first, like a, a bigger answer. And then I'll give a more um, easier mechanistic answer after that. The the higher level question is um, chasing excellence is yes. It's about doing things with that which moves you towards your goals. There is no standing still. You're either moving forward or backwards. But the goal has to be understood and that is vitality, energy, excitement, enthusiasm for life, balance, across passions, pursuits, career, relationships, health, family, faith, spirituality, um, hobbies, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. My question would be, why are we exhausted at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. So if we are exhausted at the end of the day, here's the easy fix. Don't watch TV, go to bed. (laughs) 
Like that's, yep. that's, you're too tired yeah. to do that's anything right. else. Yep. Go to bed. Like you're, uh, yeah, that's the easy one. Okay. The next one, easiest, <laughs> moving from easiest to more challenging is this is um, in terms of habit um, change and formation is there is a cue, there is a habit or the action, and there is the reward. So the cue in this sense is after dinner or late. Uh, uh, nothing that, finally asleep, whatever, whatever. Exactly. That yep. Whatever that time is. That's the cue. The action is time for me to check out, zone out, turn on the TV. The reward is, oh, this is... Oh, Shut down. I just get that. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> yep. Okay. So if we want to... So how do we do that in line with our actions? Well, the cue is always going to be there and you need the reward otherwise. So I would change the action. I'm not mm-hmm. saying go do push-ups. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying go for a walk. I'm not saying meditate. I'm not saying journal. That You don't have the energy for that. Instead, watch a documentary. Yep. So watch things that are going to move you towards your goals. Watch things that are in line with your pursuits. Watch things that talk about what we talk about on this podcast. There's a great new, I was talking about this earlier. Um, everyone that watches, that listens to this podcast should watch uh, Chris Hemsworth's Limitless mm. on Disney+. Plus. Okay. It's literally kicking ass in your 90s. It's the five factors. It's, it's literally that in a really high-produced Hollywood, yep. um, really handsome, <laughs> damn, damn handsome guy uh, as the star. Yep. Way better than myself. Is this a documentary or like a series? It's a series. Yeah. Okay. So it, every episode, um, I've watched the first. I've only binged, um, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to make sure this is correct. I've only binged, I think, two series Um ever like since this whole thing came about since netflix started and all these whatever they are hbo disney plus and that is um this which i watched i've watched i think eight episodes so far i watched them over a weekend this is partially because you were sick yes exactly (laughs) bonus okay yeah this is what i did (laughs) and the other one was ted lasso yep so it's the only two i've ever done so uh this is to me is it it's and both of those are in line it's like I'm a coach. I'm very much that transformative coach. That's people first, which is Ted Lasso. I learned a lot, but still entertained and still can zone out a little bit. And the same thing here. This is teaching about managing stress, anxiety, relationships, acceptance, um, overcoming fears, um, what cold exposure does to you, what eating healthy does to you, what fasting does Mm. to you. So those are the types of things that we could sit down, relax, and watch instead of watching Game of Thrones. Or sitting down and watching Yellowstone, or watching Gossip Girl, or whatever it might be. I was just so impressed that you named two rele- relevantly and then relevant shows, Girl. and then you went Gossip Girl. The only time I know Gossip Girl is because my wife binged that like five years ago, and I was, I was like, like, Yellowstone. Who knows Yellowstone? Okay, yeah, back to Gossip Girl. Got it. <laughs> so that would be. So the first one is go to bed. The next one is okay. If we're not gonna, if we're gonna keep the habit, keep the reward, and we're not gonna, we're not ready for that. We're not ready to cue and change. The, literally. Um, so this is where like people that quit smoking, this is where it goes instead, you know, you have that urge. It's like chew gum, like put that oral fixation, put something in your mouth, hand to mouth. This is why that works a little bit. It's also the reason that a lot of people, when they quit smoking, gain weight because they don't do gum, they do food. So that, that in terms of habit change works really well, but instead of sleep, instead of changing to something, um, watching something educational and these places just go to documentaries documentaries are the easiest place for sure um 
the next place I would go to is that bigger question of how can we get to the end of the day with more energy and vitality? And that would be what we talk about all the time is this balance of pursuits and habits and routines. And are we burning the candle too brightly in certain areas to the point where we get to, you know, we need to know what time, if the person's talking about this and if they're talking about, but you know, at midnight, I just want to turn something on. Well, at that point, go to sleep. But if they're talking about at 5.30 PM, like that's, that's not, we need a little bit more vitality. So we'd figure out what is our first place I would go is what is your sleep schedule? Mm -hmm. That's where I would go first. The next I would go is what's your um, nutrition protocol. And the next I would go to is um, what is your uh, anxiety and stress? Usually that leads to to work and relationships. And then I would go to um, exercise Mm -hmm. and can you make slight improvements to each one of those? Yeah, we just yeah. turn the dial on certain ones of those to see if we can get to whatever time it is at night that we have a little more energy that we can put into things like um, instead of going to bed or watching TV, we could do things like I'm going to spend that time teaching my son how to play checkers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in the backyard and uh, um, play soccer with my kids. I'm going to cook a meal with my wife. I'm going to use this time to... Um, connect with uh, friends that I've lost touch with over the last two months. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use this time to send out uh, whatever it is, right? So again, we're getting towards those things that move us towards our goals. Yeah. I love. I don't know if I've ever made this connection before, but what, as you were talking, one of the things that struck me is in the same way that when we want to kind of improve our diets, when, when we're at the position where we have the choice, we can say, I'm going to grab the loaf of bread or the banana when we're just starting, just just make that one choice a little bit better, right? And so what you're saying is, okay, you're going to sit down on the couch. You're going to flip Netflix on. Let's just try to make a slightly better choice. Mm-hmm. And then down the road, you can make a much better choice because then the much better choice actually isn't doesn't feel like that big of a choice, right? And so instead of, in the case of this, instead of, well, instead of watching TV, I'm going to go learn the guitar, which is a massive leap when you've spent the last right. two years at eight o'clock, I just sit on the couch for two hours and then I go to bed, right? Like that's, that's huge. That's, that's monumental. But if you slowly started to chip away at, I'm going to make a slightly better decision now, when at the same time started to kind of the, the things you're talking about in terms of like what's happening in the day. I think that's when we can get to a place where you can use those hours. And we've talked about this before, but I've got this idea of first hour and the last hour, right? They're the most, um, They have the most potential because we have the least amount of things demanding of us at at those times. And we tend to waste those times better than any other time in the day um, for whatever reason, right? And so there's tons of potential in there. But until you're at a place where you can actually use that or take advantage of that potential, then the baby steps are, I think, the smartest way to do it. Yeah. I really like that in terms of, um, we've talked about before, but the, the aggregation of marginal gains. And- the challenging aspect is when you're caught in the moments of, well, I just really want to turn on Netflix versus I want to learn a foreign language. Mm-hmm. In If you did those two things every single night over the course of a decade, everyone knows what the differences would be. One, you're going to be really good at pop culture and know what the current things are. The other is you're going to have a completely different understanding potentially of a entire different culture, right? And a whole new skill set and maybe change, transform who you are as a, as a person and give you more freedom and other things. And that's 
whether you're learning a musical instrument, learning um, a foreign language, um, working on your side hustle as a business, working on, you know, you're going to go and do a workout at that time. Like there's so many things that, but in the moments that day, neither makes a difference. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the hard part. You still go to bed that night and you're, you're no, no, no different. Nothing, nothing has changed. You are no better at foreign language. You're no better at playing a guitar. You have, you're no farther along in writing your book or building your side hustle or whatever it is than if you watch that. Mm-hmm. And that's what our challenge is, is to have that understanding, that perspective now, the perspective of where we can be in 10 years. And this goes into like not having the dessert and choosing the salad and going to the gym and not snoozing and having the hard conversations and not overreacting. And it's all the things that we talk about here on this show that we feel like makes a fulfilled life. And the challenge for us always is to bring those into the present moment right now. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy because the easier choice we are Constantly, and this is what human beings at 101 is we seek pleasure and we avoid pain. That's it. So what's the pleasure? Is it more pleasurable to sit down and watch Netflix or struggle to try to learn to play guitar? It's obvious, right? Especially in the beginning stage of guitar where there's no rewards. Your fingers hurt. You can't make any noises. It's the same thing when like, am I going to go and watch Netflix or work out? Am I going to have the salad or um, the pizza? Am I going to um, work on my business or scroll social media? It's always those choices. And it's only the when the, you add up all those little moments together, it's kind of like, um, well, if, I, if, I, if I'm doing macros and I put one M&M on a scale, mm-hmm. it doesn't weigh anything. <laughs> so it doesn't count, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I put, so I'm gonna eat that M&M. Yep. And then nine seconds later, I put another M&M there. Oh, yep. look, it doesn't register on the scale, so it doesn't count, it's nothing. So because it doesn't seem like it affects anything in the moment, we go, eh, yep. no big deal. Let's just have the other M&M. Yep. Let's just scroll social media. Let's just zone out. Let's just do these, the mindless things. And that's what our biggest struggle is. Mm -hmm. That's our biggest fight. That's our biggest um, pursuit is can we override that mechanism? Can we override this thing that says, seek out the pleasure, seek out the pleasure instead um, lean into the discomfort a little bit because that discomfort, and I'm, I'm using those words in an exaggerated fashion, like salad is not uncomfortable, right? right? Um, working on your side hustle may or may not be. In, but the idea is that it's so much more pleasurable in the moment to seek out those immediately gratifying things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the alcohol. I'm going to go and uh, I'm not going to go to bed. I'm going to stay up and have that third, fourth, fifth, and sixth drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to um, just scroll social media instead of reaching out and connecting with people and actually connecting with people. And that's our challenge. That's what we're, the people that are listening to our show are constantly um, trying to be aware of and live their life with purpose and passion. 
I looked up something before this because I was reading this question and thinking about it <clears throat> and something I've thought about before looking up. So I, this was a good excuse. But I looked up the spending, how much money is spent every year on creating content and uh, Netflix, Disney, et cetera. And in 2020, so whether this is exactly accurate doesn't really matter. It's close enough. In 2020, the, about $220 billion was spent on creating or licensing new content. And that is just – that doesn't include sports, which is huge. And it, I'm, sh I'm quite sure it doesn't include things that are on Facebook and on Instagram. Like and the, t what, TV. It's like Disney and Netflix yeah, people, and what Amazon. people watch on TV. Exactly. So let's just call it $300 billion being spent on one purpose, which is to get us to sit on the couch. Hmm. And so I bring that up to just say like, this is like, it is hard. It is, yeah. it is in the same way that it is hard to eat well when you go to get gas or go to Home Depot, there are Snickers bars in your face. Why are there Snickers bars? We don't know because people will buy them. So it's like, we're, we're just, we are living in an environment in a context that is not set up for the things that you we were just talking about, right? Like there are so many barriers in place of, in the way of the meaningful, in the way of, yeah, the slightly uncomfortable, but the meaningful, right? And so I just bring that up just because I think it's, a, it's worth recognizing that we are, that, <laughs> that it is hard. That it that we are, and in some ways we invited in, but that we have invited in all of the things that are standing in the way of our getting the things we want to get to or becoming the person that we want to get to. And so really just acknowledging that, acknowledging that there are billions and billions of dollars being spent so that this individual doesn't feel like they have the energy to do anything except watch a little bit more TV and recognizing that's actually what I'm up against. Not in a conspiratorial kind of way, but just like, okay, like that's what I'm up against. I, I have to exert effort. I have to be proactive because if I am not, I will get sucked up into what they are built, what they have built for me, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Netflix. There are some very smart people figuring out how can I just get them to sit here longer? And so we have to be incredibly aware and intentional. Um, oh, I was hoping you were gonna get there. That's the awareness, <laughs> and, intention, yeah, and action. Yeah, of, exactly right. That's what we're up against, and that's what yeah. we're trying to get past. Exactly right. Yeah. It is. It's a. That's the struggle, right? Because just like eating well, which you alluded to, it's so easy to have great tasting food around you all the time. That's going to erode your health. Well, it's the same thing with the the where our attention goes. Mm -hmm. It's so easy now to let our attention go towards very pleasurable things that are going to erode our focus yeah. and our time and our attention. And if we bring that level of awareness, just what you're saying, we are up against it. Mm -hmm. And if you are not intentional with it, you're going to lose the battle. That's the way it is now. It's back in the day, meaning two, three, 400 years ago, you didn't have to be aware of what to eat to be healthy because mm -hmm. there wasn't much alternatives. Now you have to be incredibly aware of it. Very similar, you didn't have to be aware of where your time was being spent because no one was vying for it the way they are now. Now you have to be intentional with it. It's it's the the struggle of the modern modern person, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's um, and I don't want to, understated 
because it is, it is a matter of life and, um, I don't want to say life and death, but it sort of is in a way, yeah. but it, it really is a matter of, um, a meaningful <clears throat> life because if imagine the extremes where you are just completely unaware and you just give in to the immediate pleasures of food and your attention. So what that, what's that life look like? Well, you're eating crap on your couch watching Netflix. That's, but that's, you're feeding that's a it kind to the, of death. <laughs> that's a t- exactly my yeah. point. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And if you are aware of that battle, which most people that listen to us are, then you can be intentional within there in your, your fight against it, which mm-hmm. you need to, otherwise you'll most likely succumb. And it's hard. Like, um, I'm really lucky in my household that Heather, my wife is so, um, aware of what screen time does because mm. I'm even like, I, you know, I got home from work and um, my 10-year-old son is getting really into watching the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, dad, the Celtics game on tonight? I'm like, they are playing tonight. He's like, let's put it on. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yep. It's like, what? Like, it just so easily pulls you into that. And now I'm not going to say it's it's um, a, a zero sum because I do get to connect with him on certain levels. Yep. But think again, if you were to go towards the extremes of it, if every single... Um, available moment was given towards staring at a screen in that way, it would be a lot less meaningful than us pulling away and having a sit down dinner where we're connecting and talking about things beyond um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and how the Celtics are um, first place in the league, (laughs) that type of stuff. Um, So yeah, awareness, that intentionality and where we're giving our focus attention um, and action. And you got, you actually do it. And that's the biggest thing, but I don't want to um, also overshadow um, because we could, yes, first number one for this person is go to sleep. Next is change the habits to um, um, educational in the same format. Walk, go ahead and watch your TV. But then the other one is let's look at the other aspects of your life that you feel like are draining and pulling away from um, those those later hours of the day. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, love that. Thank you, everybody, for sending us questions. Um, we're going to jump into our shout out. Our shout out is just when we take 30 seconds to um, read a note from a listener or a review. Um, uh, this one today is from Kayla. She said she just wanted to say thank you for the wisdom uh, that you and Ben share. I was able to use what I've learned to help my husband navigate a difficult time. Without listening to your podcast, I probably wouldn't have known what to say. I find myself quoting you both often. Hmm. So thank you, Kayla. That's awesome, Kayla. Yeah. And uh, if folks are out there and you've been listening for a while, you haven't left us, le- uh, left us a review, it is always helpful and we love to see it. So uh, whether or not you're – wherever you're listening um, – Please, uh, please consider it, uh, or just send us a send us a note. Ben and I always share notes between uh, between us from folks who are listening. So thank you, uh, thank you to Kayla, and thank you everybody out there. All right, we're gonna do our cool down. I'm excited about this. I've been um, thinking about what to do with the cool down. We've been the last few uh, times we've been doing this, just kind of like basically our, our old hopper talk. Um, but one of the things I really want to start doing with our cool downs is. Uh, 30-day challenges. So we're going to do our first 30-day challenge. You and I haven't talked about this. I know you've seen it, but we haven't talked about it. So I'm excited to get your take on this one in particular. Um, A month, two months ago, uh, Tim Ferriss shared an article that I think came out in like 2017. Um, We'll put the the article in the show notes. Um, But it was basically, it's called 30 Days of Kindness. Uh, And it's just this writer's experience with uh, uh, attempting 
to um, practice a, a, a random kindness throughout the day for 30 days. Just what was that like? What's it like? So anyways, I read it and I was like, this will be fun. Let's let's ourselves, of course, but also everybody out there, challenge us to see if we can spend the next 30 days finding at least one moment where we can uh, go above and beyond as it relates to kindness. Whatever that looks like, however we might define it, doesn't have to be big. Certainly during this every day, it's likely to be much smaller than um, than we would consider to be worth talking about. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a 30-day kindness challenge. Super cool. So um, a couple things on that. Yep. Um, I started this morning. Oh, you did? Good for you. Um, after bringing... Um, kids up to the bus stop, um, or actually on the way to the bus stop, um, it was trash day. So the neighbors, um, big trash bins and recycling bins were out and I rolled them back, uh, to their side yard where they, where they store everything. So, um, you shared with me a couple of articles about this, um, examples. And I thought the examples were super helpful. Um, and read some of them too, if you want. Yeah. I think, I think that they're, they're really helpful. Um, and I think it's up to each of the the people listening that want to participate in this to identify to kind of is this a random act of kindness? And it's up to you because <clears throat> there's ones in there that I certainly I would say that's just part of being a human. They like hold the <laughs> right. door open for somebody. Right. It's like, yep. is that really like is that the bar where? where yeah, <laughs> that doesn't seem very hot. Yep. But then there's other really impactful ones like yeah. give your time to a charity. Obviously, that's where most people go when they think about this. Um, and then there was other ones in there and it seemed like a lot of them, and I liked the conversation uh, that sent from like, it seems like the easiest place to gravitate towards is like giving money in some yeah. sense. Like I bought the person behind me their um, Starbucks yep. in the car line. I um, paid for the person's toll when there used to be tolls and like now there's fast pass and stuff like that. Or I bought a, um, um, a, a homeless person a hot meal yep. or... Um, Things like that seem to be the easiest place to go. And at first I was kind of like, mm, that seems kind of transactional, but I, I really like the different perspectives of it might be transactional to you and it might not affect, but it doesn't mean it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. It's particularly like the hot meal for the homeless person or something like that. Like that might really matter to that person. Another example was like they... Um, bought cough syrup for somebody in CVS that was, uh, their credit card was declined. And yeah, it might seem like a nothing little thing to you. Yeah. Yeah, But that might've really affected them. And then the other aspect, which I'd love to chat with you about is, um, I really resonated with this theory, um, that was espoused called, um, something along the lines of like altruistic, Mm, yep. Hold on. Altruistic charity. Was that the word? Is that altruistic yeah, I'll kindness? I keep talking. And, and I'll the idea behind it is: Are you being kind? And this is outside the challenge, so let's just talk about this, like yep. uh, as a as a concept. Are you being kind because you want the attention for being kind? Mm-hmm. You want the feel goods for being kind. Mm-hmm. And the way that this was described in. Um, kind of clarified and classified, which I thought was really well done, is if someone else did this for the person, mm. yeah, would it make you feel as good? Yep. And that's a real, I think that's incredible 
conversation to have with yourself about what are your motives for mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, like if you're doing kind things, you're doing kind things. That's a step in the right direction for sure. But are we doing them so you get like, are you donating that charity so you see other people, so other people see that you donated yep. X number of dollars to that charity? Are you, and it's still effective. Like yeah. it still helps the charity. Yep. But that I thought was this like next level of awareness for the motivation behind what you're doing. Are you really doing this to try to affect the end user or are you doing this to make you feel better? Not to say one is better or worse than the other because mm -hmm. the end user still gets a benefit regardless. But I really liked that as a, almost an uh, an ethics chess for my, mm. an ego check for myself yeah. of like, why why do I feel like I want to do this? Is it because it's going to make me feel better? Oh, okay. Just another level of awareness. Yep. Or is it because I really want that person on the other end? So I started to put this in, um, in, Con in in perspective and to have a story tell myself a little bit about this. There's um in our town, there's um a guy that's been hanging out with a sign at a stop sign. You know, I see people do that when you're stopped in traffic. He walks up and down. It's him and his wife. Um, um and the sign says something along the lines of um looking for um food money to pay rent, a place to stay, anything could help. And he's, um, for, uh, my family and my two kids. And that just eats away at me. Mm -hmm. I have never, um, actually like he's never come to my window. Yep. Um, but I see him from across the other way. And I've always had these fantasies of helping him. Mm -hmm. Like not just like, you know, here's 20, 40, a hundred bucks, but doing something like every week taking him to a supermarket mm -hmm. and walking through the aisles and letting him buy his weekly supply of groceries and like being good with that for the week. And then, hey, let's meet again next Monday and do this again and like really trying to do something. And when I read about this, I was, that's what played through my mind. Yep. I haven't seen him in two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And what went through my mind was like, dang, I, I missed that opportunity to help him. But then I was like, well, what if somebody else has helped him? Mm -hmm. And I, I I wrestled with this thing of like, did I want to do I want to help him because it's going to make me feel better, or is it um, is it really all about like mm -hmm. him? Mm -hmm. It just adds this another extra layer to something that I love to always play is like, where does the ego and the self get involved in this, in any of our behaviors? Yeah. It's just even as simple as the, your example from today, the moving of the the trash buckets, like not, not to say you did this, but did I do it so that my neighbor saw me do it so that he knew I was a good neighbor or did I just do it and move on? And I don't care if he knows, knows if I did it. Yeah. So I, I, when I did that, this was running through my head because I'm yeah. like ultimately aware of this thing now. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I, I, I knew in that instance I was not doing it for attention. I actually would have embarrassed, been embarrassed yeah. if he saw me. Like, yeah. he'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get away from my trash. Yeah. What are you, why, why are you in my trash, dude? By the way, his his trash was immaculate. There's like not like his the inside. Next time you see him, just say that like, to him. Your trash like the bucket, is the, to, the top was slipped over, yep. and the inside was like spotless. <laughs> it's like, damn, man. Um, but it's a, I think it's a really cool 
um, conversation to have and like to understand where is the kindness coming from. Yeah. And I think at the end of the, uh, the article, I think the, the big takeaway for the writer, which is why I think it's such a valuable exercise is she says, you know, she basically says like, I'm not actively looking for these little moments of kindness, but I see the opportunities now almost naturally, like almost like I'm just aware of them now. And I, I, I've had moments where like there was just a moment where I could have said something or could have mm. done something. And I know it would have positively impacted somebody else. But for whatever reason, I just like, yeah, I just kept that in. And you walk away and you're like, I don't know why I didn't say, hey, like I love those shoes. Uh, like wouldn't hurt anybody. Like it would have made them feel better. I would have, but like you have that moment of like, of recognition of, I just missed an opportunity there. Yeah. And so one of the things that, that I think I'm, I'm really excited about what I think this does is it just makes you look for those opportunities, take those opportunities and start to build that as kind of a muscle of now in, in 30 days or 60 days, when I have that thought, instead of whatever, again, whatever it is that keeps it in, it's just like almost natural to let it out. I think Heather shared with me this, this saying, which is a compliment mm. that you hold to yourself that you don't say is like buying a present, wrapping it up and not giving it to the person. Yep. And that's such a good way to like, you, when you give a compliment to someone, for some reason we, and maybe it's the our nature in general because yep. we're a little more introverted and we could probably think a lot about like what we say. Yep. Um, whereas other people that are more verbose and less filter, yep. probably just comes spilling out. <clears throat> My wife. Um, <laughs> God love her. Yeah. But, um, I think it's a, it is a, the 30 day, um, what are we calling it? Be kind for 30 yeah, days. Sure. 30 it, days of kindness. 30 challenge. days of kindness challenge. Yeah. Um, it certainly does, um, a, a number of different, it, it will have a ripple effect across a few different areas. It's not just helping out 30 individual people uh, across that month. It might change our per, own perspective of the way we navigate the world. All right. So we're going to do this. Uh, we invite all of you out there to join us. Uh, we'll, we'll bring it back up in, in 30 days. We'll talk so about we've it. Yeah. Just as a, um, a reference, we've done this at the gym once Oh, cool. Uh, where we tracked it. Yeah. We did this at the, at the gym. It was, um, um, random acts of kindness, mm -hmm. uh, challenge. Yep. And we put people's just like we were different nutrition challenge. We had a big whiteboard, put everyone's name, um, 30, um, days across it. And you gave a red X and what it was up, what it was, was up to you again. Like, um, whether you, um, jumped someone's car that was, um, dead battery in the parking lot, or you said, I really like your shoes. And it's up to you to determine what that, the level of the kindness is. Love that. All right, my friend. Thank you. That'll be fun. Uh, I look forward to talking to you. I mean, we'll talk about it in, in between, but I look forward in 30 days. We'll, we'll deep dive on it. Um, thank you everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. If this episode resonated with you, uh, please share it with a friend. Send them a text message. Tell them you've been thinking about them. Uh, that'll make them feel better. That'll make you feel better. And it'll make us feel better. So thank you in advance. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.